Gospel Message, Week 84. Do you know your condition? Luke chapter 18 depicts the story of the blind man whom Jesus healed. When the man heard that Jesus was passing by, he called out to him loudly saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. Then in verses 40 to 42, it is written, And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What will thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. Similarly, in John 5, we read the story of the man by the pool at Bethesda, a pool which according to verse 3 says, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving water. End quote. The man had an infirmity for 38 years that affected his mobility. This infirmity prevented him from going down into the water to receive healing. Quote, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. John 5, 7. Jesus also asked this man if he wanted to be made whole. To which he said to the man, quote, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. End quote. John 5, 8. There are also accounts in the Bible where people brought others who were possessed by unclean spirits, and they asked Jesus to deliver their loved ones from, from those unclean spirits. And in every one of those incidents, Jesus did just that. He delivered the possessed from the unclean spirits. So in all these examples cited above, the people who made a request of Jesus for deliverance knew the precise condition from which they wanted to be delivered. The blind knew he was blind, hence asked for his sight. The lame knew he was lame, hence wanted to be made whole or to walk. And then the possessed, the possessed person might not have known they were possessed, but the people around them knew that they were possessed. Hence, they asked Jesus for deliverance from the possession of that evil spirit. All of these conditions were present and they were obvious either to the afflicted person themselves or to the people in their lives when the afflicted was so far taken by the affliction that they could not even seek help for themselves. It is therefore apparent that when we seek Jesus for deliverance from a condition that afflicts us, one of the keys is that we are aware of what that condition is. But it so happens that so many of us are afflicted by conditions which we are in complete denial of. We cannot be delivered from a condition that we deny that we have. And as long as we don't own the condition, we will never bring it to Jesus Christ to deliver us from it, as these three examples clearly state. Mark chapter 4, verses 11 to 12 says, And he said unto them, 
Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven them. Matthew thirteen thirteen to 15 reads, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they see not, and hearing hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Second Corinthians 4, four reads, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. John chapter 12 verse 40 reads, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I should heal them. 2 Corinthians 3.14 reads, But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with in Christ. Isaiah chapter 6 verses 8 to 10 reads, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go, and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. The six Bible passages that I just referenced speak to one thing. The ignorance of the state of the living, thinking, and functioning human where it concerns the deceitfulness of Satan and just how he deceives mankind. Firstly, let us not misunderstand the verses that say, quote, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, end quote. God does not prevent anyone from coming to him or from coming to Jesus Christ. However, on the other hand, Satan will do everything in his power to keep people from coming to Jesus Christ for deliverance because he knows that when they do, Jesus will surely deliver them. Take the time to examine exactly what these verses are saying. Pay attention to the language that Jesus uses in these verses. In seeing, they see not. In hearing, they hear not. This refers to people who do not believe themselves to be deaf or blind, yet they are. 
they believe themselves to be wise, yet, according to God, they are unwise. They believe themselves to have knowledge of the truth, but instead they are filled with an empty knowledge, things that are a shadow of the truth, or simply things that are outright lies. Because again, this is Satan's tactic. He wants us to only see but so far. He wants us to misunderstand God's word. But while he's having us misunderstand God's word, he tries to communicate to us that our misunderstanding is understanding. And as long as he can establish that in the hearts and minds of men and women, then men and women will never see the condition that they truly don't understand. They will never see themselves as being deficient. They will never see themselves as lacking as long as Satan continues to make our quarter cup look like a full cup in our eyes. As long as Satan continues to make the shadow and semblance of the truth appear to be the whole truth and the truth of God, this is the deceit and this is what jesus christ is telling us in these scriptures that were referenced that as long as we are blind but yet don't say it or don't even acknowledge it but instead are full of an indignation that says i'm not blind i can see then we will never come to him for deliverance Jesus made a lot of these statements as far as these verses that were referenced to the religious people and also to the people who came looking for him because they had seen him and heard of his miracles. The term religious people doesn't just refer to worshipers and churchgoers. It refers to all people who seek some form of spirituality or a higher intelligence or wisdom or consciousness because everything, no matter how moral, no matter how comforting, no matter how intellectual or wise it is, if it is absent from Jesus Christ as its source and its life, it is blindness, deafness, rebellion, darkness, infirmity, and death. These seems like harsh words, but trust me, they are not harsh because what Satan is trying to do is a million times harsher than any reprimand of God can ever be, than any admonishment of God can ever be, than any warning of God can ever be. Because God's warning, God's reprimand and God's admonishment is meant to lead us to him. And he, in turn, will lead us to life everlasting. But the deceit of Satan is meant to do one thing and one thing only. Lead us into perdition. That is, rob us of our eternity with God. So when the Lord uses harsh words to try to get us to see what this enemy is doing, we have to humble ourselves and receive the harsh words as harshly as the Lord is speaking them so that they do one thing and one thing only. Drive us to him. Drive us to the foot of that cross. As far as worshipers and churchgoers go, if we proclaim that Jesus Christ is our source and our life, yet we continue to barter 
with total surrender to him, meaning we still insist on our own way of doing things, on our own notions of what Christianity is supposed to look like, on our patterns of life and behavior, on our understanding only, on our belief in the authority of doctrines where we become religious people and we're no longer Christ seekers. When we are obsessed with the comforts of this world, both bodily comforts and material comforts, if, if this is what is our source of comfort and fulfillment, then we too sadly fall into this same group. We still don't see. We still don't fully hear and our hearts are not receiving him fully. And this is the condition of so many people who call themselves Christians. Let us keep in mind, brothers and sisters, only those who are aware of their condition and then feel the effect and the burden of that condition will ever come to Christ to ask to be relieved of that burden. You cannot ask for relief of a burden that you don't feel. The burden might be there, but as long as we don't feel it, as long as we don't identify it as a condition, then we will never bring it to Christ. And that is exactly where Satan would have us be. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This heavy laden is not just of the things that we want and we don't have, or the things that we need and we don't have. It is the condition of this blindness that Christ speaks of, this deafness that Christ speaks of, this hardness of heart that Christ speaks of. This is the condition. And until we come into the realization and the knowledge that this is our human condition, we will never feel that burden. And in turn, we will never come to Christ because Satan is doing everything in his power to keep the unbelievers unbelieving and to keep Christ seekers in darkness while we call that darkness light. Be wary of your Christianity if it does not cause you to reflect on yourself, not what you have and don't have, but on you, the person, the vessel. Has God been using your life to try to get your attention lately? Does your life or an aspect of your life seem to be falling apart right before your eyes? Are you praying incessantly for the same thing over and over and over again, yet nothing is happening? Do you find yourself getting frustrated, angry, and despairing because the circumstances in your life are not working out the way that you are trying to manipulate them to work out? Do you find your efforts to control and compel the people in your life to conform to your wishes of what you believe the right thing should be? Do you find those efforts to be fruitless? The Lord wants you to consider these four perspectives. Number one, examine your prayers. Is the predominant phrase in your prayer, Lord, give me or Lord, send to me 
Is spiritual growth something you even pray about? Do you pray to have a deeper relationship with Jesus or to come into the knowledge, the true knowledge as the Lord intended of Jesus? Number two, examine your thoughts. What do you spend the most time thinking about? Be honest. What do you desire most out of your life? What do you define as happiness and fulfillment in life? If there's a problem, is the problem always someone else's fault? Are other people or other quote-unquote forces always responsible for what you don't have? When you hear the word of God, are you convicted to ask Lord? Or are you convicted to ask for more only in a different way? Examine your practices. What do you spend the most of your time doing? How much time do you spend in the word of God? How important is the word of God to you? What impact does the word of God have on you as a person? Do you measure being right with God by your wealth or your material blessings or things seemingly going well for you? Number four, examine your relationship with Jesus. Are you only able to see Jesus as the bread giver? You believe in him and relate to him because you know he can supply your every need? Or are you able to relate to Jesus as the fountain of living water who produces a wellspring within us that never runs dry and is able to sustain us no matter how things look or how they are on the outside? If we take the time to honestly consider ourselves from these four perspectives, it will start to become clear what our condition is. It could be that we truly don't desire a relationship with Jesus that compels the change of the person, only a relationship that compels a change in the person's circumstances. It could be that we really do not know Christ and we truly have no desire to know him only to receive from him. It could be that we don't understand what new life in Christ even means. It could be that we suffer from spiritual pride or moral superiority. It could be that we are still very focused on the upliftment of self and know nothing of why self must be annihilated. It could be that we are still more focused on the things of this world than on the things of heaven. It could be that we still walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. It could be that we are truly under the deceits of the prince of this world. And it could be that we fully don't understand how Jesus saves us. Brothers and sisters, we need to know our condition and we need to know it now. The time has passed for, I know I'm doing it right, or I think I'm doing it right, 
or I'm doing my best. Humble yourself to the point of, Lord Jesus, I have no clue if I'm doing it right or not. Please help me. For all the prayers that our Heavenly Father is able to answer, I sincerely believe that there is no other prayer that is answered more eagerly than this prayer. When the labored and heavy laden hearts praise this prayer of surrender, the Lord Jesus will answer that prayer expediently and begin that process immediately. Ask Jesus to reveal your condition to you. And as he is doing that, take that condition right back to him and ask him to deliver you from it. And guess what? He will. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. Amen.